0: on the edge of the box oh it's a straight up screamer Download our app today and enjoy straight-up Screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos and same-game multi at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call
1: 1-800-858-858. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com.
0: Hearing in the back. Making good progress. Close. Scores. Oh, sorry sorry, went wrong. herring replacement
1: hooker. Boy, what a call that was from Johnny Sexton. The All Blacks try and turn it over. Can't do it though. Here goes the siren.
0: Back to Calgary Okay, 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 okay. And that's that. Is that series
1: and they fully deserve to do it. 1986, that was the last time the All Blacks lost a three match series at home. Back then it was Australia and now 2022 however that honour belongs to Ireland of course. The All Blacks must admit they were beaten and outclassed by a better team as we look towards what might to be for the Rugby World Cup next year. Dramatically pulling the pin on their press conference yesterday and Foster must now face New Zealand Rugby for a Please Explain meeting uh, in the wake of the series defeat, uh, Mark Robinson, the CEO saying, performance is unacceptable, completely and utterly unacceptable. So what does that mean for Ian Foster's future? Perhaps we'll find out in the coming days, but there's plenty to ponder until that time. Joining us now uh, on the line is a great friend of the show, rugby writer, Jamie Wall, still in Fiji. I hear of Vinaka, the sun will be shining where you are, Jamie, but where ever Ian Foster is at the moment, perhaps it is not.
0: Yes, Bolovanaka uh, Smithy, and um, well, there's a dark cloud hanging over all the New Zealanders at this hotel. I can I can tell you that much um, because we just had to put up with uh, a weekend of being reminded, or a Sunday anyway, of being reminded by every other person in the hotel um, of just of what happened on on Saturday night. So it's been it's been a rough few days, and and I'm I'm pretty gutted about the whole thing. Really, like as a, as a journalist, as a writer, you try and divorce yourself from the emotional attachment that you have uh, with the All blacks in order to, to, to write something impartial and, and and truthful but then all of a sudden something like this happens and it sort of, sort of snaps you back to the the how you felt about this team growing up and everything and and it just provokes a bit of a, a bit of sadness and a bit of anger and and I think that that's pretty reflective of the mood of the whole country right now like this is really bad. Like in terms of of All Black history, um, this is this is going to go down as one of those years um, that's that's going to get added to the to the the bad year list. And at the moment, it's nineteen forty nine where the All Blacks lost six tests, and, and nineteen ninety eight, which I'm sure most people listening actually remember, which was five in a row. Um, and this little period, the back end of last year and the start of this year, I mean, that's one win and uh, four losses now. And, and three of them to the same team that now own the All Blacks. You've got an Irish team that has uh, guys who, are, who have got more wins against the All Blacks than that they've lost. And there's not that many people in the history of rugby that can say that. And this entire Irish team can say that. And that pisses me off.
1: <laughs> I can sense there's a little, bit, a little bit of anger there. There's a lot of pain around the country, and I've never known it to this level, to be honest, um, Jamie. Uh, and, uh, I mean, the rugby union, uh, they can't do uh, nothing about this, can they? They can't just sit there. I mean, they've, they've taken time out. They've cancelled the odd press conference. They've said we're going to have a, uh, a real review about this. But they cannot not do anything. They just can't sit on their hands over this one now.
0: Absolutely. They've run out of um, excuses and they've certainly run out of time. Um, but I think, I'm thinking that, you know, with the benefit, benefit of hindsight, you know, that after what happened last year, they should have really read the temperature of the way people were feeling about the All Blacks. I mean, it had been a long, long time since the All Blacks had been comprehensively beaten twice in a row. And yes, I you know I've said this before, but there were uh, sort of circumstances leading to the All Blacks probably just petering out at the back end of that of, of that season, which I think people understood. But I think that a marker should have been set down and said, like, well, it, this series against Ireland is 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 a is a very tough start to the season, but it's one we're expecting to win, and if we don't, then we're going to have to have a have a look at some some things. And I know it sounds harsh, but that's kind of the way that the, the everyone else was thinking about this. That that the the team and and the coaching staff, because I don't want to single out Foster on this. I don't want it. This is a collective effort. Um, this is a staff as well. Uh, it, it would probably have to have some sort of review uh, if they didn't if they didn't uh, come through with a win in the series. And I mean, like yes, full credit to Ireland. They're a very very good team. Very good team. Um, they've got uh, a lot of players in there that uh, would be making a World 15 right now. And they've certainly got a coach who 100% knows what he's doing. But this is the All Blacks playing at home. This, this is completely different. This is the, You don't just come down here and win a Test Series. Like. The, the teams that have done it, you, you uh, go into the history books as absolutely legendary teams. I'm not saying this, this Irish team doesn't deserve, deserve that, but we've just kind of witnessed history in the worst possible way as an All Black fan, and it's unacceptable. And it's unacceptable yesterday that they couldn't even organise a press conference. I mean, if you can't even organise a press conference, how, how are you going to win a World Cup? That, that's what I – and to put all of the rugby journalists in the country uh, into one room where they can all whinge with each other and, and get angry about things taking so long and then have someone come in and say, oh, sorry, it's been called off like how bad of a mismanagement is that because of course that just turned into another bad news story that they didn't need so i'm, I'm really questioning what's going on there and how well that they can react under pressure and, and come up with a plan to 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 deal with uh when things go wrong because it's kind of if that's what's happening at organizational level how can you expect the all blacks uh to do that on the field
1: well, quite clearly, uh, something, something doesn't or there's something that stops motivating them to start games of rugby. I mean, you know, to, mm. to be that flat three times in a row and then have to play catch up. Uh, they did it. They did catch up at Eden Park, but now they're under serious pressure, as we all know, in the second half. And from that point onwards, uh, they have not stopped being under pressure. Uh, so what, what is also lacking on the field there? or What are you sensing on the field apart from just behind the scenes?
0: Well, it's actually five times in a row because you can go back to the two games they lost at the end of last year. Yeah. So, so perhaps the 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 malaise that that set in on that tour uh, hasn't uh, has stuck around and and is, is still part of, of this team's culture. Unfortunately, um, in terms of leadership, I mean, I, I'm a Sam Kane fan. I think he is he is a a guy that the rest of the team look up to. He certainly works hard enough on the field defensively. He's the defensive captain. And, you know, we haven't really seen a, a a captain that specializes on defense since, since the much maligned Reuben Thorne. So I I feel like a lot of the criticism of Sam's on field play uh, is unwarranted because I think he should be in the team. But one thing that, you got to remember about Sam Kane is that he <clears throat> wasn't even Foster's pick to be captain anyway. Steve Hansen picked Sam Kane to be captain way back in twenty fifteen, with the proviso that he would then roll on to replace Kieran Reid when he was going to finish uh, at the end of twenty nineteen, and it was just a logical choice. So that's when Sam Kane got named and Foster got named as coach. It was just a kind of uh, rolling on of 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 the of the management. you know what I mean. And so I feel like again I'm I'm somewhat sympathetic to Foster because you know he was in a position where he was just waiting for his job promotion and he got it and Kane kind of went with him and because of the connection between Kane and Foster uh, you're you're finding that a lot of the criticism is is kind of falling on Kane as well one other thing about Kane is that he is the first All Black captain in a long time well I mean maybe ever who it plays for a, a team, uh, provincial side, or super rugby side rather, uh, that isn't the dominant team. And so it's it's not like you associate him with winning um, every single week uh, like you would with Richie McCaw or Kieran Reid um, or Sean Fitzpatrick, for example. And that season in 2020 when Gatlin took over the Chiefs and they lost nine in a row really dented his – the perception of him as a leader and as a player and I think it's it was just incredibly unfortunate that that he found himself in that position but you touched on it and and what you said before about how it would, seems to be a team of individuals um, rather than a cohesive unit and they're relying on the brilliance of Adi the brilliance of Will Jordan um, that can be counted on every game you know and that's the sign of a team that just isn't very well coached because you're kind of falling back on, let's just give the ball to the best the best player on the field. Whereas Ireland, if you look at the tries that they scored, I mean, they were thought out weeks in advance. You know, you had these set-piece moves that were completely designed to isolate um, the all-black uh, type five and have backs running at them. And that is just the sign, and that's the sign of a team that is well coached. Because you have you have things that are clearly thought out and clearly planned, and and that's the most the biggest difference on display. I mean, even in the first test, even in the first test, you know that just came down to that ten minute period at the end of the first half and a little bit in the second half when the All Blacks just sort of did their thing where they just blasted a team out of the water and the game was kind of done with. Even that came down to bit of individual brilliance, a bit of luck when Reese ran away with that um, that loose ball, 80 metres to score. So I think that after that, I think Andy Farrell probably got Ireland in the room and said, don't worry about it. You know, like I saw enough out of that game to know that we can win the series and instilled the belief into them that night that translated in, in, into what we saw on Saturday night. <laughs>
1: Jamie, are we playing the right players in the right positions? There's a bit of criticism coming through on our text line, etc. We still tend to look playing players out of position in this side. Are you convinced about um, the selections in that area?
0: It's an interesting question, Smithy, because I think that if you were to ask every All Black fan, hey, name, name your squad or name your team, it's not going to actually be that different to the squad and the team that got named on, that's been named in the series. Um, I mean, there's obviously the usual conjecture around the loose forwards and the midfield. And, I mean, I think a lot of that is just down to the fact that, I mean, you have to go back years for when the All Blacks had a solid midfield. And the fact that it's just been a revolving door in in that space, and perhaps the thinking around it being that because it is a physical position, because it is a... <clears throat> um, uh, a position where you have to do a lot of uh, tackling and, and running and you're going kind to of come off a bit more banged up than the rest of the backs, that it, it's like playing prop, that you can you can just swap guys in and out. That sort of thinking uh, is clearly not working because it's just meant that you've got a bunch of guys that haven't had the right amount of cohesion built um, through their through their game and through their partnership in the All Blacks. And, I mean, to be fair, there have been a lot of injuries in that in in the midfield over the last few years. So that's made it hard to kind of build any cohesion as well. But, I mean, I can't really fault, I don't really fault the selections too much. I mean, there's there's not too many players sitting back at home who justifiably can be quite upset about not getting picked for the All Blacks. I mean, the only one I can really think of is perhaps Cullen Grace, and that's off the back of a very good end to his super rugby um, season. And due to the fact that for some reason they decided to name the all black team a week before the final, uh, which was, uh, again, it it just one of those things that just kind of feels like an oversight. It just kind of feels like the all blacks uh, considering themselves to be far more important than anything else, even though it was the week of the super final. And this is another thing that really pissed me off as well that week about how you have a Super Rugby final between the Blues and the Crusaders. That's an incredibly important game. Um, You have a sold-out Eden Park. You have everybody's eyes or attention supposed to be on this game and build up some massive media attention for what should be, you know, something that can really springboard the new Super Rugby Pacific into people's consciousness. And New Zealand Rugby decided to name the All Blacks that week and suck up all the attention on a discussion about a team – that wasn't going to be playing for almost another month. And that just annoyed me because it just showed the, the arrogance of the all black setup and how they think they can just like go in and, and steal the limelight like that. And, you know, I asked the enforcer that, that was like, do you have any thoughts on the super rugby forum? All he could say was, I hope no one gets hurt. (laughs) And I was like, could you be more self-centered right now? I I just, just that really, that really annoyed me. And it's because it's like it, it. It also told me, like, well, aren't you aren't you concerned about the you know the wider implications of rugby in New Zealand? You know, aren't you concerned about the the importance of this game? Aren't you concerned um, or interested at least uh, in how we can make this competition benefit the All Blacks? Um, and and that just it, that just said a lot um, to me. And it was at that point where I started to think, hey, maybe. Maybe the All Blacks aren't going to win the series, mm.
1: Jamie. Um, just finally, if he does go, if Foster goes, and uh, all those coaches underneath him go as well, is there a ready-made replacement w- willing to come in right now and pick this up?
0: Yeah, there is, but it's not the guy everyone wants. Um, it's I feel as though that you know, going back to what I said earlier about how mm. they need to be put under review and. And everything like that, and sort of, there had to be some sort of consequences if this series was lost. is part of the reason why Joe Schmidt was added to the the coaching lineup, sorry, the um the management staff. And I feel like, given New Zealand rugby's propensity to uh, never admit they're wrong and and uh, you know to sort of wash their hands of any sort of blame, is that he will be put into some sort of. Um, Senior role, perhaps a director of rugby or, or something like that. So then he can do the hiring and firing uh, of coaches, and it takes the takes the the decision out of NZ rugby's hands. So then they don't have to admit they're wrong. Um, mm. There is a chance that he could take over as coach uh, full time. I mean, he has been part of the obviously around the Blues and then the All Blacks themselves, um, and then he was in charge for the um, All Blacks only test one uh, this year. So. <laughs> You know, like I I guess he's got um, the credentials to do it, but um, it just seems like that would be the best company decision that they could make. And, you know, again, they're not an organization that's famous for being out for a lot of self awareness and being able to read the mood of the public. So for me, that's probably the most logical um, step for them.
1: Jamie Wall, thank you very, very much uh, for your time this morning. I can hear the, uh, the anger in your voice, actually, um, and uh, appreciate uh, your sentiments there and that feeling as well coming through as far away as uh, Fiji. Uh, I hope days gets better from this point onwards, mate, and we'll see you back in uh, <laughs> New Zealand at, at some point soon. Uh, thank you very much, mate. I've uh, enjoyed uh, hearing from you. Thanks.